Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. This whole thing will pass. Amen? Amen. I've got, I've got a, I still have a joke. You can still laugh, can't you? And uh, I've got a few jokes here. Some of you may have seen this online already, but that's fine. But I thought this was very good. It was a quiet Monday morning in September 2053 when Peter woke up with a need to go to the bathroom. For Peter, this was not just an ordinary day. This was the day he would open the last package of toilet his parents bought in 2020. (laughs) Toilet paper. What did I say? Oh, toilet, toilet paper, sorry, the last packet of toilet paper. Who's been, to the, who's been to the shops buying toilet paper, right? Nobody. I have been. I've got my, my garage is half full of toilet paper. I, I'm, I'm for a rainy day, you know, anytime. I mean, the, honestly, the, the amount of toilet paper we go through in a week, you know, in our, in our, with all our kids, all our grandkids, uh, not grandkids, <laughs> so not grandkids. God sees them before they are born. God sees them already. I know, but not right now. I mean, I mean the, the, the kids that are in our, the greatness of kids. So many kids coming through and all their friends coming through. There's so many things happening right now. I'll do another, another joke just for the fun. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, then you probably should have been seeing a doctor way before COVID-19. Anyway, some of you are just not... Uh, getting this this morning. That's all good. I'm so excited this morning. <laughs> I think this is such an amazing time of opportunity. I don't want to speak right now if you feel isolated, if you uh, are filled with anxiety, if you are filled with fear or something's going on in your life. We are here to serve you and please contact us. Our life group leaders will be in touch anyway, but if you're not part of a life group, even if you're not part of our church, if you're not a Christian, we would love to just bless you and serve you and we want to look after our neighbors, of course, where we live. But also, if you need something, we're here for you uh, in this regard. But I, I got up this morning, and I was so excited because I felt in the Holy Spirit. You know what I, what I felt? I actually woke up with a vision, and I saw these uh, fires all around the globe, these, these, these hot spots of fires of where the virus had been, had been uh, coming up. And I saw that. I saw God coming, and I saw Him extinguishing with His, with his water and with His power. I saw Him extinguishing the flames and extinguishing the fires and I was so excited about this because God is doing some amazing things around the globe although we can't see everything right now but we find ourselves in an amazing time it's an unprecedented time right now in history so many millions of people have to isolate themselves so probably in recent history more than ever before it's quite interesting because in this time we feel disconnected because we can't meet each other physically on the other side, we are more connected than ever before through the internet, right? A lot of our people, even our friendship, a lot of our friendships are through the internet. I've got a lot of friends around the world that I've never met before, but I am friends with them and I talk with them and I have relationship with them. So it's amazing right now that this is happening at this time. I'm so grateful for internet. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we could not go to the world. We could not be in, in harmony. We could not be together like this in unity, gathering online in the spirit, right? Because it really doesn't matter where you are because we are still in spirit altogether, right? Even though we're physically not here together, right? And it's the way it is. I was talking to my brother in Holland and, and maybe you've seen stuff yesterday in New York and L.A. And it's all like a ghost, time and ghost town. And, and my brother was in Holland. He says, Gideon, I said, it's eerie. 
because they, they can still go shopping, you know, to the, to the supermarkets and stuff. And uh, he was going to, it's like, it's like a wartime. It's like you almost expect tanks to come through in any minute now because it's like everybody's away and everybody's like in their houses. It's just so eerie. It's like a wartime. And there's so much fear being generated, so much fear being generated by the media, so much fear being generated just by the, the population altogether. It's just amazing right now. Almost like a panicking. And the people say, hey, in the supermarkets, there's enough food, guys. There really is enough food. But people still go panic buying and they go to the shelves and there's nothing there of certain items right now. And even we in the church, even Christians are reacting in fear. Reacting in fear. And we see that fear is, is overtaking the world. Kind of the spirit of fear is overtaking the world. Although this is nothing new, it is new in our lifetime. Although we in Christchurch here have had a whole bunch of fear. We've had, of course, the attack last year, similar time last year. Here, the, the mosque attack. And, of course, we had the earthquakes nine years ago. And so we are kind of, because I was talking to Catherine and Runala and, and Chad, and they were kind of freaking out because they had to go back and all the stuff is happening around the world. So, and they told us, so you probably are okay with this because you've gone through this. It's amazing because sometimes when you go through this time, you actually get strengthened. Even at Christchurch, we already have a resilience that maybe other people in the world don't have. Because we've gone through some stuff. And so we've got some antibodies, you know what I mean? We've been in this way. So we can be strong, here, kaha, all together. But many people are gripped by fear. Gripped by fear. What's going to happen? Anxiety, kids, work, business, future. And so like we've been singing, I want to declare peace to our situation. I want to declare peace to our fear, to your fear. I want to declare peace to your anxiety more than ever before. And more than ever before, we need to stand in faith and on the Word of God. On the promises of God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, fear is not of this world. There's sometimes fearing in the sun, but such an acceleration of fear that is not normal is not from this world. There is no fear in heaven. It is from the devil. It is not from God. God does not live in fear. He lives in faith. He lives in love. He lives in peace. He lives in joy. He lives in a sound mind. And we need to have a sound mind in these times. Come on, let's have a sound mind. And the one in us, he is, he is the peacemaker. He is the prince of peace. He lives in you. And so you can appeal to him. Fear is a, a foreign word. To a newborn Christian spirit. Fear is from another kingdom. It's interesting that fear, F-E-A-R, actually means false evidence appearing real. Fear, false evidence appearing real. And although things, some things are real, there is a real and people are getting sick and people dying. So there's a reality to this thing. But the fear that is being happening right now is so over the top. If you relate to other things that are happening right now. This fear, like a spirit of fear has come into the world so strong. And many of us have partnered with this fear. And so there's a, there's a sense of, hey, we need to unpartner with fear. Because some of the things that are given to us is an intimidation by the enemy. An intimidation. We're being duped. We're being 
fooled in some things like this. And so we need to break this grip. We need to repent, change our mind regarding fear and anxiety. We need to renounce those things and receive the peace of God that passes all of our understanding, that passes the things in this world. I tell you, this first part of my talk right now is a bit offensive. It's a bit militant because that is a part of the church. Our job is not just to respond. Now, responding is wonderful and we need to. We need to care for people who are struggling. We need to care for each other. Absolutely, please hear me. We need to do this. But there is absolutely also a sense that we are at war with an unseen enemy. And I'm not just talking about the devil. I'm talking about this virus. There's an unseen enemy of us and we need to stand up and fight. And the weapons of our warfare are worship. The weapons of our warfare are prayer. The weapons of our warfare are love. We come in the opposite spirit. We come with love and with peace and with life and with healing and with joy. I tell you, this is a word from Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce is one of the great prophets in America that, um, that we trust. He's a good man of God, been for many, many decades now. <clears throat> Chuck prophesied this. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he prophesied this. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. Uh, Chuck prophesied at the beginning of the Hebraic 5780 last September that, the world, that we would face a massive plague-like invasion that would test us until Passover. This was said last September. And that nations would come into turmoil until that time. And then Passover, which is Easter, starts on the 8th of April. So let's intensify, he says, our prayers and decrees that we would see this virus die off over the next several weeks rather than escalate. Passover is the time when the people of God were protected by the blood of the Lamb. Come on. In the midst of the peril they faced. Remember, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Speak life. Now, I just heard yesterday that on Wednesday we're going to have a national day of prayer, particularly between 12 and 1, a national day of prayer and all around the globe people are activated. I was talking to the other guy the other day or listening to him. Uh, what's his name? Lou Engel. He's in a 40-day fast right now. 40-day water fast. And he asked the world to join him. And, and it's amazing what's happening right now. We need to come together and pray. There's an offensiveness to this thing because we've got to destroy this virus. It's not from God. God is above the virus. Everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every evil has to bow to the name of Jesus. I tell you what's going to happen right now. Right now and this next couple of weeks is going to be the biggest global prayer gathering we have ever seen in history. Millions and millions and millions of people are going to be praying. Now, I couldn't believe Catherine's word. She gave a word to the church in December and January, but she got it last November, and it was about disruption. And we did not know it was so far-reaching that was going to be a global disruption. Catherine, you were so in the spirit, that word that you released. I told you at the time, it's a word for the world, not as a word for our church. And what she saw was this. Look at this. She saw in sequence, Eruption, disruption, corruption, interruption. And since then, we have seen the White Island eruption happen. The global disruption with the COVID-19. And she believes, Catherine is here, my wife. She believes that we are going to see an interruption of major corruption in the coming months. In the coming months. Like this. And God is restoring divine order in the world. Whoever is behind all this stuff, whether there are people behind this stuff on purpose doing this, or whether it's just the evil in this world, like the viruses that come and go in our lives, God wants to restore. He wants the false gods. And look at the false gods that are falling around the globe. 
Who would have thought that this would happen like this? What if this is going to be used by God to usher in one of the greatest revivals and awakenings the earth has ever seen? It's been prophesied so many times that we're going to see something a billion people harvest in this way. I find it very interesting that this is happening right at the beginning of 2020 when we started our third service, right? We had close to 500 people here last Sunday, one of the biggest, biggest services ever. And here we go out of faith, and a month later, it's boom, we're in no service, a no, little service. And then we have, of course, online, of course, we're still servicing. But it's amazing. I was talking to some of my friends in America, and they had big stadium events planned. We have one planned for next year, which I believe is still going to go ahead here with Franklin Graham. <clears throat> anyway, so many things. Easter camp, of course, all these things that were about to happen. And it's amazing, it's happening right now. And right in the middle of this whole thing, the abortion legislation just goes and says, yes, we'll do this. More destruction in this nation. But I want to tell you something. And I believe this so strong. And when I woke up, man, I was so on fire for God because I believe God is going to do something powerfully through this. And it says, this will not stop God's agenda. He is not surprised by what happened right now. He's not saying, oh my God. I mean, oh me, you know. It's like, he's not like this, you know. And it's like, by this, you know. The outbreak is no surprise to God. And we believe, instead of an evil pandemic that's happening right now around the globe, we believe that this pandemic is going to change into an amazing pandemic of lives being saved, of healing, of deliverance, of God doing mighty miracles all over the globe to see the greatest revival that we have ever seen in the world. Yeah. What the devil has meant for bad... God is turning around for, evil, uh, for good because he works all things out for good. Genesis 50, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good <clears throat> to accomplish what is now being done. The savings of many lives. Come on. The savings of many lives. We are believing for the savings of many lives. This thing is going, this, this is so going to backfire. Like the cross backfired. To the devil, he thought he had, he had Jesus. He says, I got you. And Jesus says, You have no idea. Right now, he's trying everything he can to stop this global pandemic of revival. And God is not surprised by this, and the enemy will eat the dust. That's the offensive part. We've got to go out and pray. Actually, I have some more here. God says, My house should be a house of prayer for all nations. Can it be amazing that this two weeks when we are kind of not locked down yet, but many nations are locked down. Guys, we can pray now. Like Catherine said, we can do the garden, we can write a book. But what about for two weeks, we can actually fast and pray like never before in preparation for what God is about to unleash in the earth. To stand together in unity and see the greatest harvest in history. Fires, that's what fires. When the enemy comes in like a flood. No, when the enemy comes in. Like a flood, the Lord will raise up a banner. We cannot live in fear, people. We cannot live by the media. If you're struggling with the media, don't watch the media. I mean, I watch the media because I just like to be in touch with what's happening. But it can't start to shape your identity of who you are and who God is. we got to live in faith. This talk is called Faith Trumps Fear. Faith trumps fear. And we need to say this. Come on, let's say it together. Faith trumps fear. See, faith overcomes fear. Faith triumphs over fear. Faith overcomes fear. Yeah. There's a quick story in the Bible, and I'll finish with this story. 
story about Peter and Jesus walking on water. Matthew 14. Have a drink first. Cheers. I'm jealous at home. You guys can have snacks and popcorn and whatever you're having at what? Bless you guys. <laughs> Are you enjoying this? Are you part of this? Awesome. I can't hear you, but let's got people here. What's this? Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So he'd been preaching to a crowd and he says, now guys, you go in the boat ahead of me. So he went up a mountain to pray. So that was often what Jesus did. He would to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already considerably distant from the land, buffeting by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, so Jesus has been praying throughout the whole night now. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake as you do. Well, the thing is, though, Jesus didn't have a boat, did they? The disciples took the boat, so he's got no boat. So he says, I'll just go walk to the boat. So he's walking to the boat shortly before dawn. And then when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, hey, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter, let me come with you on the water. Hey, come on. This is like Peter style, isn't it? I want to walk on water too. And why not? So he starts walking the water. Then Peter gets out of the boat. Come on, guys. We, 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 many of us will know the story, but it's just amazing. He walks on water, for goodness sake, towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him a little faith. He says, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, those were in the boat that were worshiping. Truly, you are the Son of God. I've got this picture right now. A long time ago, three years ago, I was in, um, in Catherine and I were in Israel. And I said, I'm going to try the same place where Jesus walked on water. I said, I've got to try this thing. So I, I walked on water too. It actually worked. It must be something about the lake of, you know, the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. But as you can see, I'm walking on water. Are you impressed? Come on, you have a bit of faith. You've got to have faith for this style of stuff, you know, to actually walk on water. I found a stone. It's just underneath the water. And, uh, and I stood on the stone and just like this in the way, you know. But come on, I'm really impressed. Peter walked on water. But then he saw the wind and the waves and he was afraid. He took his eyes off Jesus. Now than ever before, we can't take our eyes off Jesus. We can't look at the circumstances, the wind and the waves and the circumstances and forget about everything that we know and be entered with fear and all this kind of stuff. At this time, we've got to keep looking to Jesus. And then if we walk on water, because in these days, you will see miraculous things happen. Miraculous deliverances happen because God can show himself faithful in crises. You see in the, in the underground church in China, what's happening all the time is just miracles all the time. And even in the olden days, you know, in, 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 in Acts 2 and everything in Acts, you know, it's amazing what God did. Our, eyes, our lives are quite easy, so we don't need to see the miraculous often. But I tell you, when it's needed, God is there. We need to look at Jesus. Stop looking at the news. Stop looking at Facebook, Instagram, or people around you. Start looking at Jesus. So Peter was so filled with fear that he started to sink instead of being filled with faith and walk in the miraculous. And right now, God wants us to walk in the miraculous, to walk in the supernatural. He wants us to stay in faith. Because faith will trump fear. Amen? Not to react, but to proact. Proact. Proactive in prayer, declaring His victory over our lives. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We cannot be gripped by fear. 
that we need to be gripped by grace. I love this in Romans 5.17, but how much more now we are held in the grip of grace. And it starts there with death once held us in its grip. A lot of people around the world are held in the grip of death, in the grip of fear and anxiety. But through Jesus Christ, I have good news for you. Because you can be held in the grip of love, in the grip of grace, in the grip of peace, and a peace that surpasses all of your understanding. Isaiah 41 says, I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I grip your right hand, and I won't let you go. I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. We are held by his right hand. He won't let us go. I love this in Isaiah. God says, he will keep, God will keep you in perfect peace and constant peace, the one who is steadfast, committed, and focused on you. Everybody say focused on you. Focused on you, focused on Jesus, both in inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. We have a choice today. We can either partner and focus on evil and be filled with fear and anxiety and all this kind of stuff, or we can say, no, 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 no. We are actually going to focus ourselves on Jesus and be filled with peace and with joy and with strength and with comfort and hope in this time, right in the middle of it. Amen? It's too quiet in here. Amen? Amen, that's better. Hebrews 6, and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Guys, God is going to be faithful to us. Don't reject his faithfulness if you like. Don't underestimate his faithfulness to you and I. This is where we find strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We stand on an unshakable hope, a part of an unshakable kingdom. On the rock, Jesus Christ, who will not be moved. He is eternal from ages to ages. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You can trust in Him. This certain hope is like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding us, our souls to God Himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat. Let's run into His heart. Let's run into His faithfulness to find comfort and strength and unshakable hope in this time. Let's speak to the storm. Jesus speaks to our storm. He speaks peace. It's a relational. We know him. He's in our lives. Jesus, we're part of him. He is our comfort. He is our strength in this time. We're going to come to a time of communion now. Maybe in your homes, I hope you've got communion ready to celebrate this. God wants us to stay in faith. And let go of fear. Now, I don't know a better time in history, for us anyway, that we would not celebrate communion. Now, I suggest you do it every day, like I do. Because there's power in the blood of Jesus. I suggest you just throw his blood and his drink all over your body, all over your family. And you speak to your situation, you speak to your work, you speak to your businesses, you speak to your everything. The blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus will protect you. It protected the Israelites, it will protect you, it will protect me. So I apply the blood every day over my life, over my family, my wife, my kids, you guys, the church. Let's do it everywhere. Let's apply the blood over our lives so the plagues will not hit us. Protect it. Come on, there is a difference. Not just name Christians. There's a difference. We have the Holy Spirit. The angels are working overtime for you. 
and for me. And we can trust Him. We come to the table of exchange. Right now you can put forward your, the things you want to exchange. Maybe you have fear or anxiety or you're troubled by something. And you say, Lord, I'm just going to give this to you. And then you pick up His peace, His joy in the midst of the storm. That in the eye of the storm, there's always peace. So we're going to celebrate communion right now. All together, all over the city, all over the world, we're going to just do this together in this way. Lord, we thank you for the, your body that was broken for us. To bring us healing. To bring us healing, Lord. To give us life. To give us life. Lord, you're so awesome. You're so beautiful. And Father, we apply the blood, the cup. And we thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. But we thank you for a new kingdom, a new covenant that we're part of. And thank you, Lord, that the blood cleanses us. It protects us. It empowers us. And Lord, we just want to bathe ourselves today in your blood that we will be protected and strengthened in our time of need. In Jesus' name. 